You're listening to Journal with Jenny. This podcast will give you ideas to apply writing and journaling strategies that will help you focus on what matters most to you while exploring some of life's big questions. This is your host, Jennifer Traster, a mom, wife, teacher, learner, and expert in using journaling and writing that will empower you to write your best life story and live it. Hello, and I'm so happy to welcome our guest, Mindy Myring. She is a licensed therapist, a certified life coach, and a mindfulness teacher who specializes in grief and loss. She's also the author and creator of the Rainbow Bridge Pet Loss Deck, a tool that supports people who are healing from heartache of losing a pet. She's influenced by her personal experiences with grief and is shaped by her three decades of working with others who are navigating significant transitions and losses. She offers compassionate grief support to others through their writing, teaching, and one-to-one work with clients. So welcome, Mindy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's so great to be here with you. Thank you. And could you just get started by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I uh, live in Durango, Colorado. I've been here for a little over two decades. And um, I live here with my husband and our two dogs. And um, when I first moved here, I was a social worker at the hospital and did that for quite some time um, and then transitioned to coaching about um, in 2004 um, I started coaching and um, and then in 2011 I've been doing coaching and therapy and um, teaching since that time and so over I guess the course of um, my career, I've supported a lot of people as they've navigated different life transitions and losses. And of course, when I was in the hospital working with people and supporting them as they navigated different health conditions. Um, and I also have done a lot of work around my own grief and losses, mm-hmm. and um, which has really influenced my work. So um, I adopted my first dog in 2002, right after I moved here mm-hmm. and her name was Ellie. And then we lost her in 2019 and that was on the heels of losing our other dog Trek in oh. 2017. And I think that I didn't grow up with dogs. And so I wasn't really prepared for how hard that grief would be Mm -hmm. and so um, I was fortunate because I had a lot of different tools that I could work with Mm -hmm. um, as a mindfulness teacher as a therapist and so I really drew from my own toolbox of practices that I could use to support myself in writing doing a lot of journaling and writing and spending time in nature was very healing and I thought um I am the social worker in me, you know, I'm like always looking for resources that can support other people or that I can use. And I looked for a book that um, 
that I could find. And there are plenty of books out there, but I couldn't find the one that I wanted. And so I started yeah. to write a book after we lost track. And, um, and then, um, and then I, at the time I had been diagnosed with lymphoma and as it progressed, I needed to start treatment. Mm -hmm. And so I took a break. I had a lot going, there was a lot going on in life. And, um, and I, um, and then after we lost Ellie in 2019 and my health was starting to stabilize, I picked that project up again. Mm -hmm. And, um, and at some point I realized, and I don't, you know, I, um, I've used a lot of different kinds of decks over my life. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, angel card decks, Oracle decks. Yeah. I even have decks that are mindfulness decks. And I looked at this basket of decks one morning, um, and I thought, oh my gosh, this book, I think this book should be a deck that would be a more accessible format for people right. who are grieving because, um, you know, we've heard of this, some people may have heard of the term grieving brain. Um, but it's a very real thing that when you're kind of in that throw in the throes of acute grief, it's hard, it's very difficult to concentrate and focus. So, um, I haven't heard of the grieving brain. So that's, yeah, yeah. Like there's actually, I'll just pull this out because I have it right at my desk, oh. but there's a book called The Grieving Brain that um, a woman named Mary Frances O'Connor wrote that really goes into detail about like the changes um, that happen in our brain when we're going through significant, when we're moving through like a time of significant grief. And so I thought, you know, this is, this would be much simpler for people to use. And so I took the concepts that I wanted to put in the book and I distilled them down Mm -hmm. and then I created this deck. So this is, I'll just hold it up, but Mm -hmm. it's called the rainbow bridge pet loss deck. And, um, it has 52 different ways that people can support themselves and also honor their pets memory after, um, after a pet has died. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear more and hear about how you use journaling with your clients and for yourself um, and anybody going through any kind of grief and or loss. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about how you got started journaling? I will. Um, this is kind of fun. So when I was uh, about 12, I was in middle school. I remember my um one of my best friends would go on her family took a vacation for three weeks every summer and mm-hmm. we would go to the right back to the grocery store and buy these spiral notebooks and keep a journal each day while she was gone. And then at the end of her trip, we would trade so that we would not That's miss fantastic. any details. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cause at that age you want to share everything with your best friend. They can't miss anything. And yeah. it probably made you yeah. feel connected. Because Every. you probably couldn't call each other back then, and you didn't have wow. cell phones to text and and all of that yeah. either. Oh, no. that's so. Fun. This was like 1983. Yeah, <laughs> way oh, before cell that. phones. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So that was, I would say, that was like that's my earliest memory of journaling, and then um, I think I continued to write. I really enjoy writing, and as a teenager. Um, 
you know, and into my early twenties, I really had some struggles with an eating disorder and depression. Mm-hmm. And so I remember my counselor encouraging me to journal and just to keep a record of my, my feelings and thoughts yeah. and, and like how those would influence like the, you know, the eating behavior. And it was super helpful for me to make mm-hmm. those connections and also just to have a safe place where I could just go and write about how I was feeling. And yeah. so I think that for me continues to this day. Um, I always keep like this right now is my personal journal. And I have a few different journals that I keep, but that one um, I always keep nearby, like in my purse or next to my nightstand mm-hmm. and just kind of write in that. And it's just a place where I can just sit down and if there's a lot on my mind or, you know, Mm -hmm. if I'm really feeling some intense emotions around something, I can sit down and, and write about it, which Mm -hmm. is, has always been very helpful for me. Don't you think, um, I guess one of the reasons I advocate so much for journaling is that it creates awareness around our thoughts and feelings like you were saying, and then you realize how it's influencing your behavior. Um, any, all of those thoughts and feelings, because in my experience, whether it's, I'm going through a loss or a difficult time, say at work or, you know, problems in relationships or just like everyday chaos of life, you know, it's just messy. And I found that if I didn't sit down and just in journal my thoughts and emotions, I was just like on this autopilot of just doing life, but not really processing anything that was going on inside. It was just like, just keep going, keep going. But it just made me stop and it makes me reflect and just become aware of what I'm really thinking and feeling so that I can continue to move forward, but in a more... um, I don't know if the word's positive way, but just in a more aware way, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm more present to what's going on and why I'm making choices. And I think that's because I have spent the time reflecting and journaling. And I just wondered, do you find that as well with yourself and your clients? Absolutely. And as you were sharing that, it made me think of, I have a, a little, um, a sign, um, that hangs near my desk that says, don't believe everything you think. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that, uh, yes, when I journal and when I encourage people to journal, it's a lot of it is creating that it's a, it's a place to, um, sort of get out of our, you know, get it out on paper. And then also, to really reflect on like, is this accurate? You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we get our minds get caught up in stories or you know, distorted ways of yeah. that aren't necessarily serving mm-hmm. us. And when we can get it out on paper, it, that can become a lot more clear. Right. I know that's for me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like I can catch those like cognitive distortions or negative thoughts or like, is this really true? Those stories I'm telling myself. And then it yeah. also helps me process those emotions. So then you're, it's like taking a black and white look at your thoughts and also like 
processing through an emotion or a feeling that you're having or a reaction you're having to something that happened. Um, but I think like when I don't journal, it's like I'm living on this just autopilot and I, I get almost detached from my um, body, my heart, like my soul. And there's like a disconnect between what I'm doing and how I'm living versus the times when I'm very mindful and um, like very present and very aware. And I, I think I'm become that way more through journaling. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a really similar experience. Um, and I, I about, I'm trying to think how long it's been. It's been a really long time, like a little over two decades, but when I did the artist way process and started doing morning pages, it's something that I did off and on for many years. And then for the last few years, it's been very consistent because I find that if I start my day that way, and for people that don't know what morning pages are, it's three, three pages of just stream of consciousness writing. It's almost like a brain dump Mm -hmm. that you do first thing in the morning. And for me, I've, I've kind of made, made it a little bit like my own practice. So as I'm writing the pages, sometimes um, I will sprinkle in little, journaling exercises that mm-hmm. I do. Um, but I do that pretty religiously every morning and yeah. it makes a really big difference in feeling more grounded and mm-hmm. uh, calm as yeah. I begin my day. Yes. And I think with morning pages, when you do it right, when you wake up, you're still in that. I can't remember the, I don't know if it's beta or Theta or alpha or whatever, you know, brain waves you're in. I just am like, it's totally, I'm lost. But you're still like, you haven't looked at your phone. You haven't done all this and that. Like you've maybe gotten a cup of tea or a shake or something and you just sit down and you write. And I think um, that's really important. But I always, and because sometimes, you know, I'm getting stuff out when I'm writing my morning pages. Sometimes I'm I have to do this today and that like, I'm just kind of processing through. So I'm like, okay, I'm preparing for the day, but I often end with some sort of gratitude or affirmations. So I'm Mm -hmm. always, no matter what it is, I'm always ending on a more positive note. And that's how I like to start my mornings. I love that. And you know, I think that um, it, we have similar practices because mm-hmm. I'll do that too, where I'll think, oh, I, I have so much to do today. And so I'll just kind of off to the side, make a little list and get that out of my brain and then mm-hmm. come back to the writing. Or, um, you know, often on throughout my life, I've had, you know, struggled with anxiety and mm-hmm. my little worry brain tends to yes. be worse in the early morning, like mm-hmm. for some people it's in the evening, for me, it's in the morning sometimes. And, um, and so I do this exercise where, um, I make, uh, a list of everything that's going well. Like I'll say, I'm safe. I'm okay. And here are the things that are going well right now. Mm-hmm. And I'll do like one to 10 and, and that really helps shift mm-hmm. things. And, yeah. um, so I do different things in my morning pages. I'll take different, different exercises that 
I might normally do in, in my other journal, but do mm-hmm. that in the morning. Yeah. And it's very intuitive. I just kind of flow yeah. with whatever, mm-hmm. whatever's coming through me in that moment. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it feels like would and, be most helpful. And for listeners who haven't tried morning pages or think, oh, geez, how do you write three pages a day? It does yeah. become more intuitive. And I also like how Julia Cameron um, has, you know, she goes through 12 weeks in that book. And then she also has questions for you, right. like journal prompts and questions. So if you aren't sure what to write about, you could always at least yeah. start with one of those questions and then just flow from there. And I think yeah. that's really helpful. For it people is. who are a little intimidated about starting a journaling practice or starting up again. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that because I know three pages might sound super intimidating. Mm-hmm. And yet once you do it for a while, it, it is kind of amazing how the three pages just flow out mm-hmm. of you. But she, I remember, I think at one point in her book, she says, well, if you don't know what to write, just write, I don't know what to write. I don't yeah. know what to write. Just write that over and over mm-hmm. until you think of something else yeah. to write. Yes. Yeah. I've done that before too. I'm not too. really sure. Yeah. I'm really tired. I'm so tired today. <laughs> I don't even know what to yeah. say. So yeah. that's just what yeah. I'm going to write. But yeah. yeah. And then I, I've noticed too, um, where when I, when I am journaling more, um, whether it's morning pages or, um, even manifesting or praying, which seem very similar to me, um, it's interesting to me to look back on my journals when I'm doing that and seeing how those things end up coming true. And, I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but for me, it's happened so many times. It's almost spooky. (laughs) Like like I script it and I write it and then it's it and not even sometimes saying like, oh, I want this to happen and that. It's just like, oh, you know, it'd really be nice if um, like I remember one time I was in France on a writing retreat and I was talking to a friend and I said, it'd be so nice if I could work even three-fourths time at work. And like that's just unheard of because I was teaching in a small school. And and then, and I had totally forgotten about that conversation, you know, and then this opportunity came up for a three-fourths teaching position in our English department. And I wasn't even thinking about that. I'd forgotten I had even said that. And at first I didn't even apply for it. And then I was like, well, why don't I do that? (laughs) I've been wanting to cut back a little bit, you know? And so then I did. And then the day I, they called and said, yes, we're going to let you do this and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it happened to be a year before that I'd went to France and had that conversation. And I, I saw that journal and I was like, oh, I was in France a year ago. I should look at that. And so I'm looking through it and it's the same day to the year And it was that conversation and where I had said that, I thought, oh my gosh, like that is wild. But that's happened so many times that it's like, yeah, I think if I write about it, (laughs) this could really change things. But 
I don't know if those things have happened for you. I love that story so much. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that from so many people. And I often will do, I've, you know, with my coaching clients, um, I, in the past have led new year's retreats where we've made vision boards, but I always take, um, it's usually like an hour, hour and a half where we're doing some journaling before they create Mm. their boards. Um, because I want people to get really clear on, um, a, like we talk about what you've learned from the year past and what Mm. you're leaving behind. And then, we talk about what do you want to manifest or create in this next year. And I think getting it out on paper can be so powerful. It really yeah. forces us to get detailed, to think about um, what we want, what we want to create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love your story about that. Though. Thank the you. That's great. That's yeah. a great example. There's yeah. just so many different ways to journal and, um, you know, whether it's for that or like, for morning pages, just getting it out, but also for grief and loss, you know, and you do a lot of work with that. And when my dad was um, diagnosed with Alzheimer's and eventually went into the nursing home, I was journaling so much throughout that period just to process everything we were dealing with and and slowly watching him, you know, make his exit and and at the end of his journey. And then when he was in the nursing home during COVID and not getting to see him was just awful, you know, besides through the window. And so if I hadn't had journaling and then also I have to say, I had, I took a course with my friend uh, and a wonderful coach, Katie Sloan. And that was so helpful for me because I felt very supported. She talks, um, it was a course about angels and I felt so supported through that time that my dad was, um, at the end of his life and, and through COVID and all of that. And, um, I just journaled so much that I think that grief was, lightened because I was journaling throughout the whole process and then after as well. And, um, I did feel like my journal was like a best friend that I could just pour everything into. Um, cause yeah. you still have to stay strong too, and you still have to go to work and you still have to feed your kids and tell, you know, navigate life. And, um, and so, but it was just like my quiet space where I could be raw with my grief and I could process it. So I wasn't holding on to it, you know, throughout his process of dying. So um, I just have found journaling has been helpful in so many ways. And you have talked about that too, that, you know, there's different stages of life or different ways you could use journaling for so many purposes. And I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about that too, because you, um, you use it in different ways personally and in your business. And I was just wondering if you could share with the audience what some of those things are that you do for journaling. Absolutely. Um, and just 
I'm so sorry that we went through that a similar journey with my husband's um, father. He had Alzheimer's, and it was it's very painful to watch people um, decline from that mm-hmm. condition. And he died a little over a year ago, and mm-hmm. so we have been on that journey too. Yeah. Um, and it's really it's yeah it's, it's just really hard, and especially in during COVID when we couldn't mm-hmm. always visit people in the hospital or nursing homes. So, um, yeah, my heart goes out to you yeah, around that. Too. And I, I mean, I, it was funny when you were asking me about the different kinds of journals, I was like, Oh my God, if people could see the stacks of notebooks <laughs> and I actually keep them in baskets, like around my house. Um, but I, have found these and I'll show you one of them. It's like a 200 page notebook. And Mm -hmm. I probably have like 50 of these around my house. I buy these blank notebooks. I use them for my morning pages. And then I also have a writing journal. So Mm -hmm. when I'm working on writing projects or like right now, I'm just doing, I'm, I'm doing more marketing of Mm -hmm. this deck. So I'm writing blog posts, articles, and, um, and I keep a writing notebook and it is so helpful to me to write down what I'm doing each week and what I've done. And then, um, really try and celebrate that at the mm-hmm. end of the week, which I learned from my writing coach. And mm-hmm. I know she, you've worked with Jen Loudon also, yes, but I take the time to celebrate like, yes. okay, you know, here's what I've done. And it is so powerful to have in writing, um, to have in writing and be able to see here's here are the concrete things I've done. And then I always then say like on Friday and here's what I want to focus focus on next week. Or if yeah. I don't do that Friday, first thing Monday morning, I'll say, here are my goals mm. for the week. And I try that's and try to idea the week. So that's, yeah. yeah, it's really, really helpful. And I have notebooks then that I can go back and look at and say, when did I talk to that person? Or mm-hmm. when, what, when did I do that? Um, so it's a great way to track. Um, I am definitely a pen to paper person. Mm-hmm. Um, I do some things digitally, but I love the pen to paper. And so then I also have a gratitude journal and, um, I, that I keep, and this, this is a blank one, mm-hmm. but it's really lovely. And it, when you open it up, it's a guided journal. So I think, oh, nice. Um, yeah. And it's, it's morning and evening. And to be honest, I never fill out the evening, but it talks about on the, on the morning side, it's like, what's my focus for today? What do I feel mm-hmm. grateful for? Um, what's a little mantra or affirmation I want to carry with me throughout the day. Yeah. So it's a real sweet little, it takes like three minutes, but mm-hmm. it's a really great way to begin the day. Oh, that yeah. sounds nice. Yeah. Like and that. with clients, um, I would say a lot of the clients I'm working with are navigating grief and loss. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I really encourage people to just start with, you know, a blank notebook mm-hmm. and often depending on what they're working with, yeah. um, their situation, mm-hmm. I might give them two or three journaling prompts okay. to consider in between the sessions that we do together. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's very, 
for me, it's very intuitive. I don't have like a canned set of questions. It's kind of tailored to that Mm -hmm. person and what, you know, what their situation is. Yeah. Nice. Um, also, did you say you do meditations and, um, and write afterwards a little bit? Is that with your morning pages? Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's interesting. So Julia Cameron, um, who wrote the artist way came out with another book a few years ago called seeking wisdom. Mm. And she talks about adding to your morning pages, a page of guided writing. Mm. And so I do that in the mornings now and I can, I can show you, I'll write my three pages of, um, I'll do three pages of longhand writing. Mm-hmm. And then I switch to a different color of ink and I do some guided writing. And so I'm, for me, it's like, really, you were talking about working with angels and, Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like what I try and envision is that this message, this writing is coming from my angels or my guides. Mm -hmm. And what would they want to say to me today? Okay. yeah. Oh, I love so that. So it's, it's been really, mm-hmm. it's been really um, a sweet, it reminds me a little bit of Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She mm-hmm. has a practice where, and you may have heard of this, where um, she will write to herself and she writes to herself from, she'll imagine that it's um, love. What would mm. love say to me today? Oh, I love that. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. heard that. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah. I think that's something our listeners could try. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes I think to myself, am I um, thinking about this from or feeling about this from a place of fear or from a place of love? And I have journaled about that, whether it's fear or love, and how do you make a decision based in love? Yeah. And... But I like thinking about what would love say to me, personifying. I love personifying yeah. Um, yes. different things. Yeah. yeah. So that would be right up my alley. I have um, done the practices where you uh, journal to yourself as if you were 85 or 90 or at the end of your life. And what advice would you give yourself? And I, I found that that's very helpful because... And it helps you make good decisions when you come from that place and you all that perspective and also how do I want to live my life? And um, so that's been helpful in journaling from that perspective as well. I think you can be so creative with the different takes that you um, that you take on journaling or whatever you want to do for whatever purpose you need. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um, it's, it's like just looking at things from a different perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes, um, and I can't remember where I heard this, but, 
Um, it might have been from Jen, actually, but mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. I can't give credit to where I, I learned this from, but um, thinking about like a quality that you want to embody more of, maybe mm-hmm. it's courage or maybe it's discipline, and then thinking about someone you know mm-hmm. who really embodies and has that quality like in spades and saying to yourself, okay, how would Jenny approach this situation? Right. You know, how would, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's But, um, you know, and one thing that just came to me is that um, in the work that I do with people around pet loss and grief, oftentimes um, there's a lot of guilt. One of the most common things that or common emotions that people will feel is guilt Mm -hmm. if they've euthanized a pet or a pet illness. And so um, it can be so hard to to work with that. Mm -hmm. And I'll say... um, you know, if your pet were here with you or if they could speak to you right now, what do you think they would say? Mm, yeah. What do you think they would tell you? Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be a really powerful exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like do. that. Yeah, because it it does. I just think any time you can take on a different perspective, it helps because we get so caught up in our thoughts and feelings and just it's right. almost like this little storm inside your head. And, um, but once you get out of it and can look from above or beyond or from somebody else, I think that's very helpful. I like that with looking at your, it from your pet's perspective. Yeah. In fact, I'll just, I mean, I have the deck right here. I'm just going to see if I can quickly, my friend Amy illustrated this and the, the illustrations are just so precious. I feel like artwork can be, um, just as healing, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes as words. And there I have a card and it's called, what would they say? And um, it's in here somewhere because it has her it has her dog on the front of it. So, um, oh, here it is. Yeah, I can see it. It's called What Would They Say? Oh, that's her dog, Hazel. But on the back, it just says if your beloved pet could speak to you now um, and perhaps they are communicating with you in some way. What do you think they would say? Maybe they would say it's okay to cry or go take a nice walk. Or it's such a beautiful day outside. Go enjoy it. Be open to hearing or saying, be open to hearing or seeing what they may have to share and let this comfort you. So that's sweet. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Those different perspectives can be Mm -hmm. really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then when you write it out in your journal and see it in black and white, I think it does something for that, you know, to write it out with your hand or even, you know, if you don't have time to journal or you're driving like I do in Nebraska, we drive long distances. (laughs) So even voice recording is helpful. Um, I I know some um, people I've had on, they video journal. So there's different ways that whatever your process is, no matter what it is, as long as you're getting it out, I just think speaking it, writing it. Yeah. It could just be so cathartic to get it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 
So um, I was curious too, do you have any advice that you'd like to share with our audience or a try this at home? Yeah, I think the, I guess the words of wisdom or advice I would have is to really, um, just to explore, to see what works for you. Because um, I have found that in different seasons of my life, there have been different kinds of journaling that I have found most helpful. So I shared some of the ones that I'm working with right now, but um, you know, there's art journaling and there's, Mm -hmm. I I have know people that make little collages in their journal each each week. And um, I think there's so many different ways that we can practice journaling Mm -hmm. and just to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. I think that my advice and the other I think the other thing too is that there's something that can be so valuable about um really looking at journaling as a practice is something that we do every day and so you might want to try um like uh you know I've shared this little gratitude journal or or maybe you find a a guided journal that you want to try and do that for mm. a month and see what you notice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's great. And then did but you have a um, something that our audience could try at home? Are you had mentioned oh, something yeah. about. I do. I just, I have some journaling some prompts. prompts. Yeah. 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 I do. I have, um, let's see, I have them written down right here. Um, no, and these are specific to, to really working with grief mm-hmm. and it, they could apply to the loss of a pet or the loss of a human or really any type of grief that mm-hmm. someone is experiencing. So I'll just read these prompts out loud. I think sometimes having prompts helps get us started with mm-hmm. our writing and our journaling. And so the first one, oh, go can ahead. Can I ask you just a quick question? Because I've, yeah. I've framed it in my mind sometimes this way, like, you know, like grief isn't, it's not just like losing a person or a, a pet, but do you find that any kind of transition you go through some grief, you know, whether, you know, like I, I quit teaching and although it was my choice to quit teaching and I knew that's what I wanted to do at this season of my life, it, I, there's still like loss with it and I still miss it. And, um, yeah or even just you know like you move to a different place and and even though you're excited about it you still go through some grief because you you are losing like maybe some friends or places and and things like that so do you see like I see like any kind of transition there can be some grief with that and have you found that with losing or worth working with clients and, and absolutely, things? absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have found that both in working with clients and so true in my own life. Just when I moved here, it was such a joy to be here, but mm-hmm. then it was a loss of, of being near all my really dear friends and a lot of family that, um, were still back in Illinois. You right. Know, yeah. And when I left, yeah, when I've left certain jobs, I've felt ready to move on, but then I've missed certain aspects of, you know, my co the coworkers that I was yeah. good friends with and seeing them every day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, well, yeah. These, so I think that it's not, 
Will these prompts, um, like, can they use them for those things too? Do you think? Yes, okay. absolutely. Any kind of loss uh, or grief. Absolutely. And it's, it, you know, it's interesting when I was 20, this was what really kind of helped guide me towards going to graduate school and getting a master's in social work. I took this elective and my professor, it was one of the best classes I've ever taken. And it was called social work and healthcare, which sounds boring, but the class was really based on the grief model. Mm. And my professor spoke to that all semester, how when someone is ill or has a serious illness, or when we lose someone, it's that even just having a serious health condition mm -hmm. can bring about grief and loss because it's the loss of our health. And she yeah. talked about relationships changing and ending and, mm -hmm. um, or losing a job. And she said, we can really use the grief model to help us understand any type of significant, um, changes and transitions. Yeah. It's not just death mm -hmm. uh, that this applies to. And that really has stayed with me. Yeah. It to what you were sharing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'll share these prompts. Okay. Um, great. And the first, yeah, the first one is today. My grief feels like this. Yeah. And it just helps you get started. Like, mm -hmm. this is what, this is what it's feeling like today. These are the emotions that are coming up. Mm -hmm. um, the second one is, this is what my grief wants me to know today. Mm -hmm. yeah. We really can learn so much from our grief journey. So this is oh, what yeah. my grief wants me to know today. And then the third one is, what does moving towards my grief and being courageously present with it look like. Mm. And some days that might just be getting out of bed. Mm -hmm. right? um, some days it might be trying a new support group out. That's, mm -hmm. you know, a grief support group. Some days it might be something else. But what does it look like for me to move towards my grief and really be present with it right now. Mm -hmm. um, and then I mentioned this one, if the person or pet that I've lost could talk to me and offer me some words of support today, what might they be? Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's looking at things from that different perspective. And then what would feel most nurturing and supportive to me today. Yeah. And as we're believing that really changes, but it's, you know, asking ourselves that question, what do I need today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I what think that's very important and sometimes overlooked because um, I found when I'm purging some feelings or things like on the page or, um, in therapy or wherever you have to fill that back up because it's like, you've gotten rid of all this. That's, I mean, I'm making gestures with my hands for the audience who can't see me. Um, but it's like, there's, it's like, it comes out of your body and your heart. And, but then what do you fill it back up with? And, you know, for me, it used to be like, Oh, I'd go eat something or, you know, like, binge watch, whatever. But now it's more like, I'm going to go outside or I'm going to play with my dog or give my kids a hug. What it like yeah. doing something that feels really good 
to fill you back up inside because otherwise I think we can fill it back up with um, those comfortable feelings, which we're trying to get actually get rid of. So I think that last question or prompt is really important. Yeah. And it's, you know, when I was creating the deck, um, the, uh, there's 52 cards in it and I offer all these different coping strategies and ways to support yourself because we all grieve so differently. Mm-hmm. So for me, taking a lot of time, like walking in nature, whenever I could be outside was really healing. Writing was really healing. I have some cards in here about writing, but we're all so different. And so I wanted to give people a variety yeah. of different things that they could think about that they could do. Yes. Um, and I think it's the same with writing, you know, mm-hmm. and journaling that when you're, when you're journaling, just experimenting, like these are a few prompts, but you might just want to sit down and write story. Like I also, after we had, especially after I left Ellie, she, you know, was my first dog. I'd had her for 15 years and there were so many stories I wanted to remember. Yeah. And so I did a lot of writing That's cool. and actually that brought me a lot of joy because sure. she was a she was a feisty little mama. She got into a lot of mischief and kept us on our toes. So it was fun to go back yeah. and think about some of those, you know, some of those stories That's and great. capture them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. love what you're doing with your work. And I'm yeah. for our audience, how do they get to know you better either through a website or on social media? Yeah, well, um, so I my coaching website is mindymeyering.com and it's M-I-N-D-Y-M-E-I-E-R-I-N-G.com. Mm-hmm. And I'll have um, that in the show notes then, too. Yeah, and then the deck is rainbowbridgedeck.com and we have an Instagram page that mm-hmm. is at rainbowbridgedeck where I, one of the things I'm trying to do is post journaling prompts there. Yeah. Or an additional grief support resources for people who have um, had a pet who's died. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, that's really helpful. And um, where can, so how can we buy the deck? It's available for purchase. Um, I have the retail shops listed on the website and then you can also purchase it on the website. And we, um, each time someone buys it, um, like a lot, mostly people will buy it as gifts for friends mm-hmm. that they have who um, have lost a pet. And I include a, include a little handwritten note and um, we'll ship it to them. Okay. Oh, that's good to know. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's it's really been fun to um, to be here with you and to talk about one of my favorite topics, journaling. <laughs> yes. I, well, you gave our audience a lot to think about and a lot of different ways they can practice journaling. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been really fun. Thank you for joining Mindy and I today on the podcast. To connect with her, check out the show notes. Now go write your day into a beautiful story. Remember to scribe to subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Get in touch with me through my website, jennifertraster.com. And until next time, I'm Jennifer Traster. Thank you for joining me. And remember, you have the power to write your own story and live it. (music) 